It's good to see you. Father, we just thank you for your word today. Speak to our hearts and, and help us to understand who we are in Christ and what you're calling us to do on the earth. How to live so that your work will be fulfilled in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Today I want to uh, talk or start possibly series. Uh, and I titled the message Living Faith in the Scheme of Redemption. Living Faith in the Scheme of Redemption, the Plan of Redemption. And what I mean by that is there is a faith that God considers alive, a life faith that is given life not only to the individual, but those that are around them. It's, it's a living faith. And then the Bible also talks about dead faith. And those are not my words. Paul, uh, uh, James, uh, uh, the brother of the Lord Jesus Christ said, Show me your faith, uh, and I'll show you my faith by my works. And he said, Faith without works is dead. So when your faith is, doesn't have works, yes, you claim to have faith, but your works is reflecting on your faith, letting everyone know that the kind of faith that you have is a dead faith. And you know, scriptures have to be fulfilled. And you know, uh, this message is not... It's not uh, something that we're going to be shouting about. And I'm not coming to make myself better than anybody. And all I want to share is as a pastor to let you consider some things. Because we are in the last days. We are truly in the last days. And Jesus warned with tears about the last days, what's going to be happening. This is not about, you know, more people leaning towards this way as opposed to to the other way. It's not the majority thing. We have to stay with the Word of God. It's so very important. You know, the early service I was sharing that, and um, a Nigerian preacher was sharing with me that, you know, you guys, you really preach the Word. Uh, um, but you, you are very careful because you don't want to offend the people. You understand what I'm saying? And, and that, that's not the preaching. We, we shouldn't make it difficult for preachers to be able to tell the truth. You understand? So they don't want to offend, so they have to go work it and they still deliver. You're making it tough for them to deliver the truth. They want to deliver the truth. But people are so easily offended today. Once they disagree, they get very offended, and they're ready to move. No. This is about the kingdom of God. And we only have one chance to this thing. You either make it or you don't. And I have to really consider, you know, many times when we go to the... um, the epistles and the way of living as a Christian, we forget about the things that Jesus himself said. Some of those things, and if you haven't been taught in any way, and you pick up the Bible and start reading, 
and the words of Jesus and the warnings, that will make you to be afraid, right? It will make you to be a little scared. There are serious warnings. He says, take heed. Take heed. Don't be deceived. All of that stuff. False prophets will come. Don't allow yourself to be deceived. There's so many things that he warned us against that will make us not want to just live our lives like it doesn't really matter. This stuff should be number one in everything that you do. Your Christian faith must be guarded. For your life. Because you only have one life. And only God knows how judgment is going to be. The Bible says that for some people, their sins, their judgment goes before them. Their sins go before them to judgment. In other words, you can see what the outcome is going to be. If there is a hell truly, and I believe there is, and there is a heaven, some of these people will not make it. You can tell by the way they are living. The Bible says that. But then he says there are some, there is no way for you to know because they are not out in the open. It's only at the time of judgment that is going to be revealed. But you know, God is going to be fair to everybody. So I have to live my Christian life paying heed or taking heed to what Jesus has warned me about and live according to his will so that I please him. We were born again to please him, not ourselves. Not to please others, but to please him. Not majority, but to please him. And I think that if we do that, more and more people will be coming to the Lord. I really believe that. There is a thing called grace. Grace is from the Lord. The Bible talks about grace and faith. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Without the grace of God, you cannot be saved. And that, not of yourself. The faith that you receive that delivered salvation to you came by the grace of God into your life. It's not as a result of your works, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's not because of your good works. God is not asking you to do something to be saved. And like the way some people will say it, I want to get right with God, but I really need to take care of some things first before I get right. You can't take care of anything with God. By the time you're through with taking care of everything that you want to take care of, it'd be too late. You can't take care of anything. You just need to go to him just the way you are. And say, God, this is who I am. I have failed in these many areas. I have done these things and I'm just a failure. Could you help me? Just help me. And then the grace of God will appear. And then the faith to receive forgiveness and healing comes into your life. And that faith... Then that grace brings in the power for a change of life. You see, the thing that is, is a little troubling today, uh, people talk about radically saved. You heard that? Radically saved. 
I mean, you see the man one way and then bang, some way they're living a different life. And we like to see that because that's where God does it. It was dark, now it's light. It wasn't there before. God makes it all of a sudden. He's there. And the Bible says that we are new creation, a new creation in Christ. So for by, it's by grace that we have been saved, not as a result of what we have done that brings salvation to us. Otherwise, we'll be boasting and, you know, going to other people with our good works and saying, Why can't you be just like me? I did it, you can do it also. No, it doesn't work that way. It's not by power, you know. It's not by might. It's by the Spirit of God you can do that. However, when you are saved, God has a purpose. He says, for we are his workmanship. In other words, God brought you into the kingdom, got you saved to be his workmanship. In other words, he wants to walk through you. You are his workmanship. For by grace we have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast for or because... We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. God has some work to do in you and through you, so he created you in Christ Jesus, so you have the DNA to do those things. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works. He says, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So the whole plan of salvation really, according to this scripture, for by grace we have been saved, God has, he has something in his mind called workmanship. And he created you for the good works that he had prepared beforehand. That's his goal, the good works. At least according to the scripture. And God cannot lie. We are created in Him for good works. And He prepared it beforehand. Before Jesus came, He had prepared whatever it is, good works for us. To walk in good works. So grace, grace is very important. We need that. It's the grace that will make you do the good works. The grace is what's going to enable you to do the good works that God is giving. You can do it by yourself. But when you have been saved, the grace is there. You couldn't be saved without it. And the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So the grace is there. And the grace, when it comes into your life, will continue to minister to you till you go back to see your father. And producing faith in your life for changes in your life. Titus chapter 2 verse 11. And I'm going to stay heavy on scriptures. Because it's important. Not just man's opinion. Sometimes people get offended. That's not my purpose. I'm not mad at anything. Please. I'm not angry at anybody. It's not because I heard something yesterday. That's not the issue. The real thing is. You know. To challenge us. To follow the God that we believe in. Out of a pure heart. Forget people's opinions. 
And I'm not worried about people being offended at me. That's okay. That's part of this type of work. You have to have that. It's not an issue. I expect it. But you must tell the truth. And so it's very important that we understand. Hopefully today, some person here, some person here will start thinking, I really need to use everything that God has given to me and do what is right. There are a lot of things that people are saying out there today is, is very frightening. To say that people, most believers, they said only 9% of American Christians believe that the Bible is truly the word of God. And you can trust everything that's written in it. Just 9%. So you can see where we're going. If we don't have any foundation, how can you build? This is the only foundation we got. And if the foundation is shaky, forget it. You can't build. So you see what the devil is doing. Attacking the foundation. And so the foundation is being attacked so people can come up with what they feel and what they think is right. And everyone is accepting it. No question. There are a lot of scriptures I want to share with you, uh, holy people of God. So you and myself, it's all of us in this together. So that we will stand before the Lord on that day without shame. I don't know it all, I'm just learning. I'm not a theologian, I just see what the Lord shows me from the scriptures. I, I haven't been in that area. It's what I see in scriptures. And the scriptures cannot lie. But one thing that we must know is what you hear from the word is going to be your judgment on that day. It's going to be your judge, as you say, on that day. Jesus said, the words that I speak will be your judge on the day. So I like to look at scriptures. Now look at this scripture here. In Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 13, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So what is the, what is this grace that is able to bring salvation? We already talked about, for by grace you have been saved through faith. So grace has to be present if you are saved. But the grace of God, the Bible says here, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. What is he appearing to do? Teaching us. To teach us that denying all godliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly when in this present age. Right here. If the grace of God is truly present in your life, He's got to be teaching you to deny ungodliness. So we have to recognize that. You can't live unto yourself. I cannot live unto myself. Jesus said, if any man, if you desire to follow me, you must first deny your own life. Take up your cross and follow me. But those are serious words. 
He says, if a man puts his hand on the plow and looks back, he's not fit for the kingdom. Those are serious words. They don't sound like, well, well, this is just the way I feel. They don't sound like this. Jesus was so serious, he told his disciples, do you also want to go away? That's kind of frightening. So it's not a question of begging me. I have to follow him. To whom shall we go? You have the words of life. So, please, I'm not mad. I want to stir up your holy minds so that we'll begin to know that there, is, there can be deception in the world. And it, it, the deception may not come with, with, the one that God is using may not come with, with horns on his head. So you can recognize. It's very sly. We need to recognize this. We deny that we, as we are looking for the blessed hope. Amen. And the glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our great God and Lord Jesus. We, we deny ourselves. The grace of God has to teach you that. So there are certain things that we really need to take to mind. The Bible is saying that many profess him. Titus 1.16 They profess to know God. But in their works, they deny him. Being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Disobedient means refusing to obey God in things that they know they should be obeying God in. Now, we're not talking about Christians being perfect. But there is a difference between a Christian that's having trouble and need help and running to ministers and saying, please, I got this problem in my life. He's been, can you help me? I don't want this in my life. As opposed to the one who is almost a mucker. The Bible warns against that. You can read this in someone. Your graduate sitting with sinners, before long you are a mucker. If they tell you, you just laugh at it like, yeah, that's your problem. You're in grave danger. If that's your attitude, you're in real grave danger. Let me remind every one of us. You got one life. Just one life to live. Short. If for any reason, which I don't know, I'm not the judge. If for any reason you miss heaven and you've been in church, for through eternity you never forget. Because you will remember that one thing that you were in church and had the opportunity to make right, you didn't. You will not forget that in hell. You will never. He stay with you through eternity. The fire won't be as painful as that. You had the chance. You, you didn't do anything because you wanted to do your own thing. And you have an excuse for it why you must be this way. I don't make any excuse for my failures. There's no need to make excuses. I can deliver myself. I got to go to him with my failures and tell him to help me instead of making a good excuse for it. I don't know. 
There are a lot of things I don't understand in the scriptures, but I would like to share some things with you from the scriptures. You know, this is not a joyful message. This is not a faith. We're going to get something from God. But this is the way to live because we follow what the scripture says. Then God can minister to us his grace and bless our lives. John, 1 John 2 verse 4 says, He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. What that word means, commandment, is keep his word. When you don't keep his word, you're a liar. There are certain things that God says, and we overlook those things. We think it doesn't really matter, but if it's in scripture, when the Bible tells you to do something... And you overlook the thing and you're aware of it, but it's just like, well, that's okay. God understands. God doesn't understand. You got to change. If God, Jesus went with the way he felt before he went to the cross, none of us would be here. He didn't feel like going to the cross. He prayed that. He says, Father, take this cup away from me. You remember that? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So he took the flesh to the father to get it killed. And then he went to the cross for us. That's the pattern. That's the pattern. You know, and I still hear it. There is the word once saved, always saved. How many heard that? Yeah, one said, I really, as a pastor, believe me, I really don't have one way or the other. It doesn't matter to me. You understand what I'm saying? I don't. It's not a big deal. If you're saved, you're saved. Keep doing what is right as a saved person. That's all. You're saved, you're saved. Just keep doing things that reflect a saved person. But when you're doing things that don't reflect a saved person, wonder if your faith is become dead. How God is going to judge that, I don't know. But I don't want mine to be dead. That's the issue. Today we are in frightening times. The Bible says in the last days, you know, iniquity will abound and the love of many will wax cold. In other words, they will just say, that's okay. They slow down. They are not as active as they used to be anymore. They don't go to church as much as they used to do in those days. And Jesus is saying constantly, I would rather have you cold or what? You know, this lukewarm stuff, I don't want it. I'll speak you from my mouth. You're making me want to draw up. And these are not my words. This Jesus said that. I'll speak to you from my mouth. This is not a game. This is life. And you only have one chance at it. I believe in miracles, healing, and all those things are good. I know when I've done wrong before God. I want straight. So I don't know, but I'd, I'd like you to consider some scriptures, and you can, I'll tell you how I'm in, interpreting them, okay? But you don't have to take what I'm saying. You go study on your own. 
and let God and be right. You see, one thing I do is this before God, I do this. I tell God, right now I'm putting my heart in a neutral gear. You direct me, show me from the word. If you have to use somebody, show me. I'm not a pastor that has to say, or a man that says, well, this is what I believe, I'm not going to change. If you show me from the word, I'll follow after you. You are my best friend. I've had people come to me after I preach. You should have said this, Pastor. It's good. I love it. I, I take their wisdom and add it to mine. The one God has given me. So important. But I'd like you to consider some of these scriptures. You know, in light of salvation, we're talking about living faith in the scheme of redemption. Your living faith is so important. And so we need to consider some of these scriptures. The first thing that I want you to know that you can see clearly from scriptures, you can be on the side of one saved, always saved, or on the side of, you know, you can be saved, you can lose your salvation, you can walk away from it. But there's one thing that's clear, God demands fruit. He wants to see fruit. He'll do drastic things if he doesn't see fruit. And Jesus gave us a, a several parables to indicate that. I'm not going by any man's opinion. I'm going by what I see with the word. I don't need popularity. I just need what I have in the word. And I'm not talking about anybody else. It's just my life, your life, because God has placed you here. It's so important to me. I'm not trying to prove anything. It's just what I say in the scriptures. You consider if it's right, then you follow through. And again, I'm not mad at anything. I'm just trying to share the word of God the way I see it. So you can receive the word and may God give you grace. If this is what God, so that God, the grace can change. Bring a change in your life. Because we are in frightening times. I think I started thinking a lot weeks, weeks back, you know, when I was hearing, you know, about things that are going on in the faith, in the body of Christ. You know, uh, I guess months back last year about churches where they have, and I've said it here, they have a concubine ministry. You know what concubine ministry? I mean, this is real life. Concubine ministry. And they're born again, they said they're born again, they scream at church, and yeah, God said, concubine ministry means we'll put something back there, and we tell the ladies of the church, married and not married, put your name in the, in the, sign your name there if you want to be involved in concubine ministry. So if a pastor has a guest to preach on Sunday, and he needs a concubine to be with him that night, we'll look through the, the list and see who is free to go. Uh -uh, that's what you say. It's going on. That's what I said when I heard that. Uh-uh. That's madness. But I heard a woman say on television, ministering to her pastor, he says, that married woman, I guess, saying, pastor told me all through the years, charismatic church, pastor told me through the years, Servicing him was my ministry, and I've done it faithfully. Ah, oh, yeah, I'm grossing you guys out. But you can see how this is getting, you understand what I'm saying now? Why this is getting to be really tough? And these things are happening. And these people believe they're going to make it to heaven. 
So where is the truth? That's what I've been searching here. What I'm preaching to you today is my search. You understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to search. Where does the truth lie? I'm getting confused here. What is going on? Where Christians can, born again Christians can actually sit down and start smoking or uh, dope and, 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 and using drugs. Having one or two girlfriends in addition to their wives. So what's going on? God, you got to teach me. What's happening here? The only answer I have is we are in the last days. We are in the last days and there is going to be a lot of deceit in the world. The road is broad that leads to destruction. The way to God is narrow. And very few people will make it. So let's be serious. I'm not a theologian, I'm saying to you, really. I just want to serve God with you, all together. Doing what is right. Don't allow your love for God to grow cold. Evaluate your life. Think back, what were you like when you got first got saved? Are you the same way today? What's happened to you? Is God pleased with your condition today? If he's not pleased with your condition, you want to die that way and meet him face to face? Are you not going to be ashamed? If you die like that, you were hurt when you were saved. Or believed you were saved. And everybody saw it. What happened to you? Why did you allow Satan to come into your life? To destroy the faith that you had in God. Now you got all these crazy excuses. And you think God is going to be pleased? I don't know how God's going to judge. But if a man is, is committing adultery with an, a woman who didn't know Christ, and they've been doing this for years, so when judgment comes, God sends the woman to hell because the woman never been in church. But this fellow that had been in church that was doing this stuff, he goes to heaven to smile. Does it make sense? At least in terms of human judgment, and God is more just than that. But that's just human reasoning. But let's look at what the word says. I like to say it again because sometimes people think pastor is angry. I'm not angry at anything. <laughs> I'm just trying to present truth. Please. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Please. That's what I'm doing this morning. It's not anger. So for us, for you and myself to consider where we are in our faith and do what is right. That's all I want. So if I die today, I can have peace. There's a scripture that I read in Ezekiel chapter 3, and we'll go to that later, that, that shook me too. As a pastor. And you can read in James. The pastors are going to be judged, really. Pastor West, you and Pastor Andy, you're in real trouble, not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> The judgment for pastor is not going to be funny. He says, he warned him, he said, please, you don't, you want to be a teacher, let not many of you be teachers, please, because God is going to be judging them very hard. That's what the Bible says. You think that makes me very happy when I read that scripture? <laughs> hey, it's going to be a rough one. But if I stay true to what I see in the book, unfiltered by human reasoning, then 
I can have some confidence when I go. That's the issue here. But let's look at these scriptures here. God demands fruit. Matthew 3, verse 8 through 10. This is John the Baptist speaking. Therefore bear fruit, fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now, even at this time that we are speaking, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So you see, God demands fruit. And if he doesn't see fruit in the tree, not my words, according to this scripture, is cut down and thrown into the fire. He says, don't have that security in you just because you are Abraham's child. For our time, I'm born again, I'm okay. Once saved, always saved. I don't know about that. But if that's true, that's fine. But God, if John the Baptist were to speak to you, he'd say, please, don't take security in that. Because as you're standing, the axe is being laid on both Christian trees and unbelieving trees, right? Every tree. Every tree. And if tree that doesn't bear fruit, he says, it will be cut down. Well, say that's John the Baptist. He was of the Old Testament. So we won't listen to him. But look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, 19 through 23. Every tree that does not bear fruit, that does not bear good fruit, is cut down and, th- and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruit, you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. But then think about it. How many of us have actually gone out and cast out devils in his name? How many of us have done many wonderful works in his name? Yet Jesus If these words are true and he cannot lie to us, he said it clearly, many will say to me on that day. So expect that scripture to come to pass. People will be telling him he cannot lie. Now, if they have done many wonderful works in his name and have cast out devils and done these great things, and Jesus is saying to them, I never knew you, I wonder, did they really believe 
in his name? Any? Did they accept him as Lord in, in their life? If they didn't, why were they casting out devils in his name? Now, you know, in Acts of the Apostles, there were sons of Sceva. You remember those? They were trying to cast out devils from a man. And the man said, they said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out. And the devil said to the man, listen, we know Jesus. We know Paul. But who are you? And they jumped on that guy and whipped him real good. So, but here are people that actually have cast out devils in his name. And Jesus is declaring to them, I don't know you. He didn't say, I will say to them, I never knew you. He said, I will declare to them, I never knew you. So he's just declaring to them, you who walked iniquity. There is a thing called practice of sin. And you can read in 1 John chapter 3. He says, anyone who practices sin is of the devil. And he says, in this way, the children of God are different from the children of the devil. If you are born again, it doesn't bother you to continue to smoke dope. I know what family you belong to. Based on God's word. You're using cocaine and all of that. You are very disobedient. Won't listen to God's word. God forbid you die in that condition. To find out what's going to happen. You don't want to get there and discover how God is going to judge. I want to be fervent. The Bible says we should worship God with fervent spirit. Fervent in our ways of worship. Not in and out. Sometimes hot. Sometimes cold. Let's really consider. It's not about going to church, please, people. It's about a life for God. And whether you love him. Jesus said, if a man doesn't love me, he won't listen to my word. If he truly loves me, he'll keep my saying. In other words, he'll keep my commandment. When the word of God doesn't mean anything to you, then we know where you stand. When you read scriptures where it says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is and it doesn't matter to you, he know, we know where you stand. By their fruit, you can know them. John 15, verse, verse 1 and 2. And, and, and please, this is the way I'm saying it. You don't have to agree with me. Examine it on your own, in your, on, in your, in your own uh, study. And decide what God is saying. And how you want to interpret that. If you cannot understand, pull out there are all kinds of uh, commentaries. They will tell you what, what it says. But John chapter 15 is another thing that talks about the, the axe being laid. John 15, 1 and 2 says, I am the true vine. Jesus is saying, I am the true vine. You got other vines, but this is the real thing. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. So we have the job for the father. Jesus is the vine, and the father wants the vine looking beautiful. He is the vine dresser. Sometimes we go with our sentiment. We believe, we believe what God is. Well, God has a lot of past to himself. 
You can't just say, well, it's like people talking about uh, three blind men going to, you know, look at an elephant. You can't just believe this is the way I feel God is. God is merciful, and then you're going to live there. Leave it at that. There are many sides to God, and He's revealed to us in the Scriptures. And we need to believe what He says. I am the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. That's God the Father, the one who loved us so much and gave the Lord Jesus. He is the vine dresser. But it says, every branch in me, every branch in me, please say that word with me, every branch in me, in who? In Jesus, is the branch a part of him? You need to, let's, let's consider the word. Every branch in me. That's why it's hard in this life, living as a Christian, you must make up your mind, I am going to stay with God's word regardless. And not be, be swayed by people's sentiments and feelings. No feelings. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, what happens? The father, the vine dresser, takes away. Kind of hard to hear, but I don't know how to interpret it. They came from the mouth of the Lord Jesus. Jesus himself said, I don't say anything on my own. It's what I hear that I speak. What the father tells me, that's what I say. I'm not going doctrine. I'm going by what I see here. It's not doctrine, but what the Word of God says. This should make us rejoice. You know, we are His children. Children need guidelines, you know? And they're happy to be in there. This is where how to go. And as long as you stay, they're happy. I was reading something, I don't know where I read it from, and it talked about uh, kids. They were asked to play in a, in a large field with no fence around the field and the kids all they did was they were together they gathered as a group and they were playing with one another in that tiny space and none of them dared to go way out and then they put a fence around the field guess what the kids were all over the place playing we need guidelines and we're happy when we have those when we're not given we don't know what to expect so you start acting Scared in life. I like the guidelines. Because it helps me to know when I'm right and when I'm wrong. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, you cannot bear fruit on your own. I like to go to that same scripture. John, the same John 15. I'm reading further. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So the father takes care of the branch that is bearing fruit. Don't you want to be that vine, that branch? The one that the father is taking care of so that you can bear more fruit and be successful in life and be going. Why do you want to be the one that is not bearing fruit? That the father is thinking, well, I'll come back tomorrow to see what to do with this branch. I like to be the branch that he loves to be around and takes care of so that he can bear more fruit. So he takes that, he says, 
in verse 3, you are already clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So it's your choice to abide in him. Now why is he telling you to abide in him? Because if you don't abide in him, you will not be able to bear fruit. And when the father wants to dress the vine... You are not in good shape. So you need to abide. It's your decision to abide in the vine. Because if you abide in the vine, you will surely bear fruit. If you decide, no, I don't want to do that. This is what I want to do. Then you will find out you cannot bear fruit on your own. You need the vine. You need the body of Christ. You need the word of God. That's the vine. You need that vine. Man does not, cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out from the mouth of God. You need the vine. That's how you're going to bear fruit. And if you bear fruit, the Father purges the vine, so you bear more fruit. And the Father is pleased. But if you don't bear fruit, you are in real danger. I don't understand all of these things. I'm just going this scripture that I'm reading to you right now. But the, Jesus later said in this scripture, you can check it out. He said, the branch that is not the bearing fruit is cut off and withers off and men gathered them and threw them in the fire. That's what Jesus said. So we need to abide in the vine. Doctrine matters. Doctrine is a very important thing. Because the, your, the doctrine you receive is going to influence your life till you die. For me personally, I know how important doctrine is and how seriously doctrine can affect a man's life. When I was newly saved, I went into a church where the pastor preached some kind of crazy doctrine. And taught us to, that to go to the university is to go into the universe, to the world. Sound good? Say, God says, you know, t- to avoid the world and the things that are in the world. So the university is part of the world. All you want to do is study the Bible. So we studied the Bible and I avoided the world. And for two and a half years, I was due to go to college. I didn't go to college. I stayed in that church because we had listened to pastor. And then after a while, I had, I had all, all that, because I was disturbed by what I heard, I started reading like crazy. The scripture, anything I could get my hands on. So finally, I went to pastor. I said, pastor, look, now listen, you've been preaching these things in church. Could you tell me where you got it from in the scriptures? Because I've been searching for years and I can't find it. He was shocked. He said, you want me to show it? I said, yeah, I'm not, trying to, I'm not a troublemaker. Just show me. If you can show me today, I just want you to know that you can preach all you want from the pulpit. Just know that this fellow doesn't believe a word you're saying. He said, you want me to show you this? I said, yeah, just show me from the Bible. I learned my lesson. If I don't see it in this book, I'm not going to receive it from you. I'm sorry. And you can do the same thing to me. That'll come from the book. 
He said, good luck, I'm not able to show you. You stay in my church and listen to what I have to say. And if you don't want to do that, I'm not going to stand up preaching and still knowing and looking at your face, knowing that you don't believe a word that I'm saying. Uh, so I, I don't think I can handle that. You stay there and believe everything. I said, Pastor, I can't do that. He said, well, you, you have to make, up, make your choice. You decide what you want to do. You either stay and believe or leave. I left. Taught me a lesson. How many of you heard about Jim Jones? Mm-hmm. It's a good guy when he started. There were people in his church. Educated people. Smart people. People with all kinds of gifts. And they listened to him. And didn't question and, and, and go into the word that they were hearing. Before long, and uh, Angel and I were watching this thing on television, it was really frightening. You know, when, when he had planned, I mean, he planned to kill all of them. And they were following him. It was sad for me to see a woman crying because she had taken the poison or the man with the husband who survived it, he wouldn't take the, the Kool-Aid. He was crying. He said he held the wife. The wife had already given their child the Kool-Aid. And the child was dying. And you're wondering, what gave that man so much power? Doctrine? Doctrine. The child was crying. She was crying because she was killing her baby. Something in her told her this is not the right thing to do, but she had already taken the Kool-Aid. The guy said, I held my wife, and she was dying, and she died. The baby died. Meanwhile, Jim Jones was saying out from the speakers, Die. Die with dignity. Die. This is the only way. Die. And they were killing them, killing themselves. See, doctrine is very important. I took you to the extreme. But it's still the same when you believe a lie. It's going to affect your life and the way you live. Romans chapter 6. Verse 17 and 18 says, But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine that was delivered you. And being set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. You see, it's the form of doctrine that is delivered to you that's going to bring you freedom. If the right form of doctrine is delivered to you in your era of finances and you accept it wholeheartedly, guess what the result will be? You will prosper. Any part of God's word, that form of doctrine that was delivered you, if you accept it wholeheartedly, he gives you freedom in that area. So we must always search the scriptures to be sure we are hearing the truth of the word of God. It's good to be emotional, it's good to have real fun, but stay with the word. Stay with the word. Because that's the only thing that delivers grace and faith. For salvation. So important. There is a word that I will share with you as we close. In Ezekiel. 
And you know, sometimes Christians don't want to ask, they say, well, we don't accept Old Testament. But I'll tell you what, when you read the New Testament, Paul lifted a, a large passages from the Old Testament, but it to the New. You can read in First uh, Corinthians chapter 2, Paul will lift passages from the Old Testament and bring them to the New. So that you can know they, this is one and the same. But if you read in Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, and please understand, and you can interpret it the way you want to, or as I like to joke here sometimes, just tear that page from your Bible if you don't believe it. It says again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him. You know what that is? The stumbling block? When you're not doing right, God is trying to correct you. He's going to make things difficult for you. He lays a stumbling block. Things will begin to happen because he's trying to correct you and bring you back. The Bible says we should not despise the chastening of the Lord. He loves those and he wants to minister to them and he's walking with them. He says, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness or turns from his righteous ways and commits iniquity or begins to practice sin, he says, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because you did not give him warning. He shall die in his sin. And his righteousness, which he has done, shall not be remembered. But his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the righteous man that the righteous should not sin, and he does not sin, he shall surely live, because he took warning also you will have delivered your soul. <laughs> so I have an ulterior motive, you see? But think about it. Die in the sin and live. What does this mean? I'd like you to go research it yourself because I fully don't understand. Because it seems to suggest you die in your sin... Or you live, your righteousness is forgotten, or your righteous works that you did, they're all forgotten. So how is God going to, how is God going to hold you up later? You see, these are the scriptures that have poured into my head recently. Just as I stand, they just keep coming back. I knew them before, I don't remember, they just keep coming in. And I think because God loves us, me, you, so that we recognize the day, the, the time that we are living in. Christianity is a serious thing. Let's follow God with everything that you have. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not bringing condemnation to you. I'm saying, people of God, let's follow God. If it has to be done, you want to take your place in the kingdom. You want to do everything that is right. We all fail sometimes, but don't make an excuse for it. Turn around and try to do what is right. 
ask God for help. Talk to somebody. You know, let them help you. We need, excuse me, we need to be accountable to one another. We are in the last days. It's not a shouting message, but if you are here today and you've allowed certain things in your life, God doesn't condemn you. This is not a condemnation thing. God wants to help you. He's not God against you. Jesus is not going to cut you off. You are in him. That is not, that's not his job. According to the scripture we have, your, the problem is what the father really wants from the vine. That's what I see in the scriptures. So we need to straighten up. We need to begin to do right. Don't practice and make excuse for something that you know is wrong. Would you stand with me this morning? Now I'm going to say this. We commit to God. And we do it out of a pure heart, sincere heart. There are, there, there are things that I, want, I do in my life and I want you to do as well. When something bothers me and I know I, know I cannot, there's no way I can handle this, I commit it to God and I say, I need you to help me with this. I make a covenant with him. And I'm the weaker one in the covenant. I need your help, God. I need your help, God. I want to do what is right, but how to do it is really tough. I'm going to make this covenant. Please help me do what is right. I need your help. Help me to go on with this. Give me the grace, the endurance to go. No condemnation in Christ. If you want to do what is right, God is pleased with you. And he will be with you. But you make it difficult for him to reach out to you if you insist the other way. There is also something called hardness of heart. So this morning I will ask, if you are here and you feel like I want to give everything to the Lord. I used to do this. Examine your life, what you used to be before and what's going on in your life today. And you say, with God's help, I want to do what is right. I'm going to follow after God seriously from now on, this very day. Would you come and join me here? I'm going to be the first one here. You want to join me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We all need His grace. We all need His grace. I need it more. More than any any one of you here. The message is not just for you, but for me as well. And I desire to do what is right and please Him. 
Thank you, Jesus. Some of us, is one thing that God is wanting for you to change. And that one thing is holding everything back. And you make a commitment today, God, with your help, I'm going to, to do that. If it means waking up in the morning to spend time with him, then do it. Many believers don't have a prayer life. They are believers. No time with your father. So it's easy to overlook things. So easy. Because when you come before God, it's clear. Everything I've said this morning, I say out of love for my brothers. And you pray for me as I pray for you. Let's commit to the God that we believe in. Let's go with everything that we have to establish his kingdom. When you are busy with his kingdom, all these other things don't matter. It's just the kingdom of God. That's what is important. Would you lift your hands to the Lord this morning and then tell him what you really want. Tell him that you are entering into a covenant with him. God is a covenant keeper. He keeps covenant. He is good at that. He already said, without me, you can do nothing. Let him know that. I know I can. I've tried. I have not been able to. But today I am willing. Lord, help me to be willing. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I believe. I will do what is right. Give me grace. 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 Father, you see, we're standing here before you, every one of us. And we recognize our weaknesses. But Lord, you are the one that is able to make strong. You said out of weakness, you brought strength. And Lord, we ask that you do that for us today. We are standing here at the altar before you, our God. And we're saying, we need you. We need your help. We want changes in our lives. We want your blessing in our lives. We want to throw away our old ways. We want to follow after God. Lord, if we've turned away from our first love, we know it's displeasing to you. We want a fresh fire from heaven. Let those things that you have not planted in our hearts, according to your word, be uprooted today. You said, whatever my father has not planted shall be uprooted. Let those things be uprooted from our lives today so that we can follow after God with everything that we have. Lord, we bask in your love, in the sunshine of your love. We thank you for your love for us. If God be for us, who can be against us? Who is able to separate us from the love of God? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing in this world, nothing in the world to come. We are yours forever. 
Thank you, Father, for your love. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon.